This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown Raiders. Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. Coming up in a matter of minutes, we'll be talking to Steve Foster from ESPN San Antonio about his sights and sounds, what he saw Sunday night from Canton, Ohio, the Hall of Fame, Coach Tom Flores, and also Charles Woodson. That's coming up in just a few minutes. But right now, very patient on the Raider Nation listener line at 702-365-9200 is my guy Brian in Henderson. What's on your mind this afternoon, my man? Hey, what's going on, too? Chilling, man, chilling. Um, I kind of agree with you about Gruden, but I just think that it takes probably one more Super Bowl. Okay. And then uh, maybe a few more playoff runs. Um, because then that way he can say that he won in the NFC and the AFC. Um, you got to kind of look at that as well. Okay. But, um, yeah, he, he has to, like, I would just say maybe at least three more winning seasons along with the Super Bowl. Okay. I think that would – I don't, I don't just mean winning seasons, playoff. <laughs> right, right, right. Division champions? Yes, because yes, I, I think that Raider Nation, you, you, they got to realize a winning season for some people may be nine and eight, but we still don't make the playoffs. Right. That's not good enough. Right, agreed. You know, <laughs> so 10 and 7, same thing, you know. You've got to go to the playoffs. I don't care if you lose the first game, but get there. It's right. been a minute, you know. Can't even count 2016 because Star didn't play. Right. So agreed. Oh, and the other thing that um you don't really hear is Tony Dungy won with Jim Ward Senior's team. <laughs> so you don't even hear about that. Right. You know, you always hear well Dungy won with I mean, no, Burden won with Dungy's team, but. Look how Dungy one is. Right. Jim Moore singing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, great point. Great point. Th- thank you for the call, Brian. I definitely appreciate He's wrong, you. But okay. Uh, why you why you get why you angry today? Why are you angry, Damon? You're usually calm, cool, and collective. Why are you so angry today? Who pissed in your Cheerios? Nobody, man. Sometimes you just gotta have that edge. You gotta have that edge, man. I guess, man. You got that shield on your chest and you're feeling a little something something about yourself today. Yeah, man. Isn't that isn't that what being a raider's all about? Like, yo. <laughs> I know, but you ain't on that level. You ain't on that level, but you I guess you're trying to get there. It's, it's, it's never too late. You're still, you're still a new booty in the game. Speaking of the game, my guy, Steve Foster, ESPN San Antonio, he's always in the game. He's got his mind in the game. He's got his, his playbook by his side at all times, and he had his playbook cooking last night at the Hall of Fame. I was traveling. I was in the air, but Foss was my guy, my ears. He was there uh, live in living color. So, uh, Foss, Sunday night. Tom Benson Stadium, uh, Hall of Fame, uh, everything that went down. Uh, what were your biggest takeaways from what you saw uh, just last night? Uh, an incredible evening, and uh, appreciate you having me, man. It was uh, a lot of fun this past weekend. And uh, these 2021 Hall of Fame inductees did not disappoint. Uh, you know, Drew Pearson, definitely someone, uh, especially at Cowboys fans and folks like myself, uh, anticipating, uh, you know, Peyton Manning always with some good uh, language uh, in his speeches and things of that nature. 
and then uh you know see wood he he closed it down right and uh she talked about his moms and man that that got me you know you you know yeah uh, a lot don't um you know less than three months ago you know i found out on mother's day that my mom had passed she had died uh, in her sleep in her home in florida and so that resonated and hit me very very hard and knowing that all that my mom did mm-hmm. uh, as a provider and uh you know charles talked about you know don't believe that a woman can't raise a man because here i am and we know all that he's done and so right now um it's a a situation that i just really um related to uh, all too soon right yeah <laughs> it is too soon uh but a great atmosphere and a great night for uh, those gentlemen to get the recognition. You know, and Steve, something I've been talking about when it comes to the Hall of Fame and when you're there to witness all these speeches or even when you're watching them on TV, it really doesn't matter if you're a fan of the Cowboys or you're a fan of the Steelers or you're a fan of the Raiders. You're a fan of people and you're a fan of of good people. And when you start hearing these speeches and and these guys humble themselves and kind of tell you where they came from and how they arrived at where they're at, it's just different. And like you said, you didn't know that Charles Woodson was going to go there and, and have that deep discussion about his mom, but you know that was something that was personal to you. And so I feel like people are there in the audience and, and watching on TV find something to make personal. You know, they, they, they can find something personal in each person's story. That's to me is what makes the Hall of Fame so much more special. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of relevancy uh, with the fact that we're all human. Most of the speeches said if we can come together as sports teammates with sports fans and sports media, why can, you know, why cannot we do this in our everyday life? And so that was uttered by white, black, offense, defense, ASC, NFC, Super Bowl champions, and the like. Right. And, you know, we we listen, but are we hearing? Right, yeah. (laughs) Listen... (laughs) But, but but are we hearing what they're saying so that your affirmative moves are to that extent? And that's why we say sports is such a microcosm of life. And if they can do it through some of the highest competition in some of the most scrutinized ways, what's wrong with everybody else? Are we just too comfortable in the land of milk and honey that we just really don't care about the next person because it's about me and what also was said and I forget who said it is that the team sport of football definitely relies on each 11 doing what they're supposed to do at all times or you won't have an achieved success right it, it is. It's the ultimate team sport, and you know it from playing it uh, for, for many years playing it. You know that the running back, as you were the running back, you're not successful without the O-line. The, uh, the quarterback's not going to have too much time to throw the ball without the O-line and, and everything else. You know, the quarterback needs you to block. That's something that, you know, Edge said, Edron James, he said uh, in, in, the, in his speech, you know, he was talking about if I don't do my job, if I don't block, then – I'm messed up, and then that, our team can't be successful, and so we've got to go out there and block for each other in society, and I thought that that really hit home, and that I thought Edge did a great job with his speech on, uh, on Saturday. 
He did. Um, unfortunately, I saw him as he was giving the speech, but had to get kind of a general recap. Right. And the, and the thing was, and, and Peyton mentioned it uh, in his speech, um, you know, that for such a quiet and reserved individual, and that's what they were kind of saying, the class of 2020 was um, with respect to 2021. Uh, 2020 was, you know, kind of laid back. However, when it came to their opportunities to speak, um, it was a, a very apparent that they had thought about what they wanted to say, and they wanted something meaningful to come across to all of the listeners and viewers. Right, exactly. Talking right now with Steve Foster, ESPN San Antonio is where you can find him on Twitter, at Foss underscore sports. And, and Foss, as far as uh, to Tom, uh, Tom Flores goes, coach, as far as he goes, man, he went second. He went Drew Pearson first, then Coach Flores second. So uh, what were you thinking about both of those guys back-to-back, and especially Coach Flores going out there and, and having a couple uh, couple little funny one-liners that he added to his speech? Oh, I, you know, listen, Tom Flores and, and Drew Pearson – back-to-back, you know, those are my two favorite football teams in the NFL of all time. So God was really smiling, uh, in in my perspective, on me to give me that lineup. Right. And so to hear Drew's uh, exuberance, to hear Coach Flores, you know, patience, and also his ability to bring together, you know, those great – Raider teams of the 80s um, and to be a trailblazer um, in the Mexican-American uh, ethnicity, right. not not just in his community, because the community is American. Right. We denote in our country, yes, Mexican-American, but don't forget, he's an American. Yep. We're Americans. Okay, we denote, oh, he's black, American, African. <laughs> right. But no, at the end of the day and at the end of the phrase, we're Americans. And so, um, Coach Flores was awesome. Uh, it was great to see uh, his wife and his kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, he mentioned our guy, Cliff Branch. Yes. Uh, you saw Jim Plunkett uh, when you panned, when they panned into uh, the uh, crowd there on the, on the floor there on the field, uh, on the field seats uh, there facing. Marcus was there. You know, I mean, it was um, – phenomenal night and the weather was perfect yeah no it really was i i remember uh going outside of the media center earlier on sunday and i felt like it was a little rainy i'm thinking oh no it's not gonna rain is it and but it wasn't the weather was great i will say this being here in vegas there aren't mosquitoes so i'm good with that i love that oh, but in cleveland there man little, <laughs> there were these little like ant gnats yes flying, flying bugs nah. i must have killed eight they, to ten of them that i re- recall and there were a lot more just kind of buzzing yeah it was yeah that was not fun no you they, they they got my uh my ankle man they jacked my ankle up it's swollen man it looked like i've, I've been eating salt for like three straight weeks my ankle so swole just <laughs> those those things attack i don't know why those things love my ankle they don't it's not both of my ankles it's always just one they always attack it so uh yeah i'm in recovery mode from that but uh, i do appreciate that that's not going on in vegas now now steve before i let you go man uh final question what was Raider Nation? How was the representation of Raider Nation when Coach Flores took the stage and then when Charles Woodson took the stage and not only took the stage but shut it down? What was Raider Nation like, man? Oh, they, they, were, they were all over the place. It was great because you had Raider Nation, you had the Steeler Country, you had Packerville, you had 
you know, um, the, 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 the Colts fans. Right. And, and then you had, you know, folks from Cleveland. So you had the Browns uh, in there as well. And then, of course, the Cowboy fans. So it was well represented when it comes to, I would say, the um, prominent um, understood teams that, that everyone would know when you talk about the National Football League. Nice, nice. Well, I knew Raider Nation was going to show out in a major way. Uh, I was at that restaurant, that little party that they had for Coach Flores on Saturday night. I was there for quite a while, and uh, they were representing in a major way there. It was a lot of fun just being uh, fly on the wall. I went there with the intention of getting interviews and getting audio and all that. And sometimes, Steve, you just got to sit back and watch and just soak it in and, and don't worry about interviews and all that other stuff. Just kind of Pay attention, be that fly on the wall, and just see how everyone's having a good time. That's what I did Saturday night. I thought it was awesome. Uh, Raider Nation really showed out, and so it sounds like they did a great job Sunday night as well with Coach Flores. I did the and, same thing. Yeah, I did the same thing, man. I, I went to Drew's party. Thank you so kindly uh, to he and his family uh, uh, for for allowing us the invitation. And yeah, we, we saw him, you know, come through, and and it was just a time to be. Uh, expressing uh, celebration to a tremendous storied career. Uh, and again, the one thing I say to you about all these folks that are inducted is you can't tell the story of professional football in the National Football League without these persons. Right. And so um, uh, as, as easy as it goes, Drew, Peyton, and Coach Flores clearly part of that story. Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it, man. Steve, it was great catching up with you over the weekend, man. Uh, you got to hurry up and come on out to Vegas. They got uh, uh, summer leagues going on right now. But whenever you come out here, man, you make sure you holler at me. And I, I know you will. We'll catch up. And I, I do appreciate you. Hey, man, thank you so much. I enjoyed having you on the show Sunday. It was great having you ride. And the good thing is with technology, you know what? You can ride whenever. I know it won't be in the same time zone exactly, so that may stretch you a little bit, but oh, it's a pleasure, and uh, uh, definitely uh, commend the professionalism that you have and bring to the show uh, when you're on it with us, so thank you for that, Q. Absolutely, my man. Appreciate you. We'll do it soon. All right, man. Have a good one. And of course, you gotta let me do it, brother. Every Go ahead. Time. Get it. <laughs> there he goes. Steve Foster. Got to get that in before he goes. Got to get that in, Damon. You ain't got that in you yet. You ain't got that. But no, many thanks to Steve. Uh, that's my road dog right there. That's a good dude, man. And he's always looked out for me every step of the way, regardless of what job I was doing, where I was doing it at. He's always looked out for me. So uh, definitely appreciate my man for uh, giving us a few minutes of his time. When we come back, coming up around 335, maybe 340, we will have our conversation uh, with Nico Ali Walsh talking all things boxing. But the Raiders have put out their updated depth chart. That's right. You know it's football season, baby. When you got a depth chart coming out, and they do have a game coming up on Saturday at Allegiant Stadium. We'll tell you all about that. We'll go through it. We'll, we'll go through it with a fine-tooth comb and see if there's anything that stands out to us, and we'll do it next here on Raider Nation Radio 920. What does it mean to be a Raider? What to you, what does it mean to be a Raider? Man, being a Raider is not just being a football player. It's not about the, just the jersey or just the, just the helmet. It's about a lifestyle. It's about, it's about loyalty. It's about doing whatever you have to do to help your brothers, to help your family. That's what it's all about. It's never putting yourself above the shield. That's what being a Raider is all about. 
Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. And we're back. 321 is the time. Unnecessary Roughness. Raider Nation Radio 920. Look up at the TV here in the studio. See a little summer league action going on. I will be broadcasting this show, Unnecessary Roughness, from the Thomas and Mack Center on Friday. For Unnecessary Roughness. Very excited about that. It's, I mean, that you want to talk about dreams, scenarios. And I know it's summer league and it's not... You know, it's not the NBA Finals, even though sometimes it's made to be the NBA Finals, the hoops that you got to jump through sometimes to get things done. But that's another story. But as a guy who's a big Summer League fan and always was a big Summer League fan, to have the opportunity to broadcast a show from there is really, I mean, that's that's just awesome. So I'm kind of uh, fired up about that. But uh, right now I want to talk about the Raiders' updated depth chart. You know, we've been anticipating the depth chart all offseason long as the Raiders – Got guys through the draft and free agency. Okay, this guy's going to be a starter. This guy's going to be a starter. No, we maybe this guy's not going to start. Maybe this guy's going to beat this guy out for this job. Well, they sent out their, their depth chart. And look, it's first week of the preseason. There's three preseason games. They play their first one this Saturday against the Seahawks, Allegiant Stadium. Of course, Raider Nation Radio 920 will be out there at that event as well. But looking up and down it, it's not a whole lot of surprises until there are a couple surprises, you know, especially when you start to look at the offense. Okay, Henry Rugg starter, Brian Edwards starter, Hunter Renfro starter in the slot. Okay, that makes sense. Quarterback Derek Carr, no brainer. Running back Josh Jacobs, no brainer. Alec Engle, fullback, no brainer. Tight end Darren Waller, even though he hasn't practiced since last Monday, no brainer. Foster Moreau right behind him. Right tackle Alex Leatherwood. Mike Mike Mayock said that the day they drafted him, starter at right tackle, no no doubt about it. Right guard. Denzel Good, he's a starter. Figured he was going to be the starter, but he's you know put in there, penciled in as a starter on Saturday. Center Andre James, again, figured he was a starter, but he's been penciled in. Richie Incognito, left guard, no-brainer. But he does have John Simpson behind him, and that's a guy that I think is going to compete for one of those guard positions. I really do. I think that that's a guy that you look out for, and that's a guy who these preseason games is going to matter. John Simpson in the preseason games will matter. Richie Incognito will not. John Simpson, though, he can he can make some noise at, at one of the two positions. Not not It doesn't even have to be the left guard position. It could be the right guard position. He's going to matter. He's going to get some burn, and you're going to get to see who he is. Colton Miller at the left tackle position. Brandon Parker behind him. No brainer. So right now you're thinking, okay, Q, well, I haven't heard any anything that's, you know, a surprise or anything to talk about. That's that's kind of all expected. Unique and Gakwe defensively. Defensive end. Okay, boom. Who's the defensive end across from him? Max Crosby. It's been a lot of conversation we've had this offseason. Who's going to start? Is it going to be Clee or is it going to be Crosby and Unique or is it going to be Clee? What's going to happen? Well, Clee Furl is behind Max. He's number two on the on the depth chart behind Max. Yeah, he's been running number two in practice, but now it's official like a referee's whistle, at least in this game. He's number two. Defensive tackle position. I like this, Damon. You'll you'll get appreciation out of this. Quentin Jefferson or Solomon Thomas. Or Darius Phylon, <laughs> but not Kendall Vickers. <laughs> Kendall Vickers is—he's <laughs> listed fourth, <laughs> so it's not him. But it could be Quentin Jefferson, Solomon Thomas, or Darius Phylon. The funny thing about Quentin Jefferson is when we're out at practice and we'll be back out there tomorrow morning, they call him Q. Everyone whose name starts with a Q is named Q. That's just what it is. It doesn't matter what your name is if you have a, a name that has a Q that starts it. Your name's Q. So like Max will say Q, and I'll just turn and look like what. And then, and then I realize he ain't talking to you. He's talking to, <laughs> he's talking to Quentin Jefferson. But one of ha- these days, though, it's gonna be like you, and they're gonna be like, oh, what's me? up?" Right, exactly. It's just it's funny, and I hear other guys like I'll hear Coach or Bradley, you know, Coach Bradley yell, you know, "Hey, Q," and now I just immediately turn. 
It's funny when me and Little Q are together and someone says Q and we both look like, yep. It's just, it's just what happens, Damon. At least your name is Damon. No, my brother, my older brother's name has a Q. Okay, what do they call him? They call him Q mostly, yeah, mostly, yeah. <laughs> Told you. <laughs> I didn't even have to know that. Yeah, it's, it's one of those, you, as soon as you said it, I was like, you know what, he's right. Yep, exactly. So, Quentin Jefferson, Solomon Thomas, Darius Phylon, any of those three guys could be the starter on Saturday. Kendall Vickers is behind him with the rookie, undrafted free agent out of West Virginia, Darius Steele's behind him. So, he'll get some burn probably in the second half, third quarter, or whatever, late third quarter. Nose tackle position, Jonathan Hankins, Niall Scott, Matt Dickerson, Gerald McCoy. Gerald McCoy won't be fourth on the depth chart. Yeah, that ain't, that ain't going to stay there that's, for long. No, he's the guy that just got to the team, so that's why he's there right now. He's not a guy that I even expect to see in the game on Saturday. So still, you're saying, okay, Q, I know Cleef Earl's running too, but still not a big surprise. Behind Unique Ngakwe, by the way, is Carl Nassib and then Malcolm Kuntz. I'm excited about Kuntz. Keep an eye on him. Preseason games will matter for him as well. Now, Damon, I asked you when you were looking through the through the depth chart because we were talking. I was talking to Steve when uh, it officially came out, and I said, "Did you see anything that stood out to you? What'd you say?" Tanner Muse starting outside linebacker. Tanner Muse did not play at all his rookie year. Had a foot injury, shut him on down. Gave him basically a redshirt year to get healthy. I know Vic uh, Vic Tafer and, of course, Vinny Bonsignor, who comes up behind uh, this show in the huddle. Vinny's been talking about Tanner a lot. As a matter of fact, that this dude looks strong. He looks like he's ready to go. He's, he's you know, he's, he's fired up. He's disappointed because he missed his rookie year, but he's ready to play. And in practice, Tanner Muse has been getting a lot of burn. And I know Vinny has asked about Tanner multiple times. Well, Tanner's getting the start at outside linebacker. I mean, that's that's big. I think that's big it's, news. It's definitely something. I think that's big. And then who's starting at middle linebacker? Nicholas Morrow. I got to do it again. Devon just dropped the bomb. Nicholas Morrow, not Nick Kukowski, who was the big free agent pickup from the Chicago Bears just a year ago. Nick's running with the, the number two crowd, which is who he was running with in practice. So a lot of, and people have asked me, hey, Q, what do you think of Nick Kukowski running number two? And I'm like, well, you know, they're just working a lot of things out during practice. I wouldn't take too much of it. Well, now the depth chart's out. This is the official depth chart. So it kind of lets you know what they're looking at. Corey Littleton starting, weak side linebacker. You have J- Javen White, young man out of UNLV. He better watch his back too. Why? Well, Corey Littleton? Oh, okay. I'm talking I, th- about Corey I thought you were talking about Javen White. I'm talking about Corey Littleton. Okay. I th- I his think, spot might get taken too. I think Corey will be fine. I mean, again, this is just 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 me, you know, spit, spitballing. I think Corey will be fine. I think that with the way that they run this scheme, I think Corey is more fit for it in a better way than he was last year in Paul Gunther's scheme. Now, again, you've got to go out there and earn it. I could say that you're a better fit. I say it looks better. I could do that all day long. doesn't mean it is. doesn't mean that you've earned that spot. You've got to go out there and earn it. I think Corey's going to be fine. That's just me. But Javen White is a guy that I'm excited to see his development. I think that he is a guy who can go out there and make plays. Now, I did see, as I was at practice, I wasn't there over the weekend because I was in Canton, but I seen him a few times look like he was lost, you know, but that's going to happen, and this is the time for it to happen. You want it to be, you want to be lost in training camp. You want to be lost in practice. You want to be lost in the preseason game. You want to know what you're doing when it gets time for the regular season. So I'm okay if he, you know, is, is still trying to pick things up right now, but those are your linebackers right there. Tanner Muse, Nicholas Morrow, and Corey Littleton, those are the starting linebackers on the Raiders' depth chart for this upcoming game against the Seattle Seahawks. Cornerback, no surprise, Trayvon Mullen, penciled in as a starter, got Keyshawn Nixon behind him. 
Right cornerback. How about this? Casey Hayward gets a start. Don't think that's a big shock. Damon Arnett slid in as number two. Again, early depth chart. First preseason game. Nevin Lawson in the slot gets a start. Remember, he's suspended the first game of the season. Just keep that in the back of your head. Nate Hobbs slid in at number two with Amik Robertson, number three. I say watch number 39. Keep your eye on number 39 on Saturday. You want to talk about guys that better watch their back. And I know Nevin Lawson's a veteran. I know Nevin Lawson, obviously the, t- the, the organization likes him because he's been suspended to start the season multiple times and he's still stuck around. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I look, I've been watching football, covering football for a long time. And at some point, teams just get fed up like, OK, look, dude. Every stinking year, and I know that the the you know the suspension that happened this time is because of what happened against Denver, and it was whatever, tic tac. But at some point, people say, like, like if you're not going to be available, then we'll get someone else that is. And and look, Nevin Lawson's got a lot of of work to prove. He's got a lot to prove as well. He's not had his most shining moments every year with the team. So they, I know they like him, but I think Nate Hobbs is is. You want to talk about a guy who could be potentially nipping at his heels for that spot. I do think it's him. But Amik Robertson uh, slid in at the number three uh, slot corner. Starting free safety. This is the guy I think is going to be defensive rookie of the year. I'm just going to put it out there right now. The first one you, uh, the Raiders have had since uh, Charles Woodson, if, if it happens. Trayvon Merrick. Got Levitt behind him. Roderick Teamer behind him. Again, no big deal. Strong safety spot. Jonathan Abram gets a start. Carl Joseph right there and Tyree Gillespie. Tyree Gillespie hasn't been out there practicing all the time, uh, but he's, he's, he's going to get into the mix at some point. I think that's a guy, and I think Vinny's pointed it out before, he's a guy that you may want to watch out for if things don't go as planned with an Abram or with a Carl Joseph. Tyree Gillespie could all of a sudden come into the mix and say, hey, here I am. Here I am. So there you go. That's the, uh, that's the depth chart for Saturday. That's the basically too deep as far as as far as I'm concerned, the ones that really, really matter. But Nicholas Morrow, Tanner Muse, Corey Littleton, the linebackers right there. Damon, overall thoughts on those three getting the start. It's not too surprising, but it is it's nice to see. It's nice to see that, oh man, there's a game coming up on Saturday, and this is the depth chart. So it's something to talk about. It's obviously exciting to see that, but no surprises to be honest, because when when you're out there at practice and you see who's actually practicing with the ones with the twos, it's kind of almost expected, but it's nice to see that that's what the team actually thinks. No surprise that Tanner Muse is getting the start at the, at the outside linebacker? No, because all the reports have been that he's killing it at practice. If he's killing it at practice, of course, they got to give him the start. I mean, they don't have to. I mean, I, 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 well, well, yeah, the I coach- understand what you're saying, but a lot of times, guys, especially when you bring guys in on free agent deals that are getting paid some pretty big money, you know, that, that kind of forces their way onto the field when... You know, <laughs> yeah, but if that guy's just, hey man, yo, every I get day, it. Every oh, day, I know. Every day, he killing it, man. Well, he looking good. He looking, be- man. Last year, well, we we was really missing out that he was hurt. Not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying, everyday football teams don't always sign up for that belief. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I don't Nicholas, disagree. Look at I think Morrow. I think it's refreshing to see that a Tanner Muse and a Nicholas Morrow are out there and getting that respect, especially after they get the props that, you know, Vinny's been giving them or that coach Gruden's been mentioning them. I think that's great because that lets it be known that, Hey, we're trying to win games. We're going to put the best, you know, 11 out there on each side of the ball, which is something Gruden said. I think his very first press conference 
<laughs> we're going to put the put the best guys out there that can help us win games. I don't care if you're drafted in the first round or the seventh round or not drafted at all. I respect that. I'm just saying every team don't sign up for that. Exactly. But like last year, we heard so much talk about Nick Kowalski. He's going to have the green dot. He's got the green dot. And that was just like, that don't matter. Last year, it don't matter. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't matter at all. And he's going to have to earn his way back into the starting lineup if he can earn his way back into the starting lineup because, you know, he might not be that good of a fit in this Gus Bradley scheme. So, Raider Nation, I'm going to throw it out there to you, and I'm going to also go to Vinny because he's uh, in studio with us as well. I want to throw it out to you. What do you think of the first depth chart that is out there for the Raiders versus Seattle coming up this Saturday at Allegiant Stadium, 702-365-9200? That's the Raider Nation listener line. Of course, the Salmon Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Again, 69187, keyword R&R. Make sure you hit up SalmonAshLaw.com because you deserve what's right. Give us your thoughts on the updated depth chart for the first game of the preseason against the Seahawks. And right now I'll invite Vinny Bonsignor, who's by my side right now. And um, we're going to get him a mic real quick. And I think you can jump on right there. And we'll go to Vinny real quick, and then we'll hit the phone line as well. But Vinny, yes. what are your thoughts? And we, you heard uh, you heard us talking about Tanner Muse, the guy that you reported a lot about, and Nicholas Morrow and Corey Littleton as the starting linebackers so far. Early depth chart for the Raiders. What are your initial thoughts? Um well, not not surprised whatsoever. This is what we've been seeing in practice, and and I have to caution um, in terms of the Nick Wachowski, uh, what it means to him. Right. Keep in mind, this is their base defense. Yeah, it's and true. Uh, if you look at the Raiders' base defense, their starting defensive ends, Mac, or uh, yeah, Max Crosby, Unique Ngakwe. What's the one thing that they've been known not to do as well? What area? Uh, it's the coverage. Run run game. Okay, okay. Well, the co- the coverage I thought was a little. Yeah. No, okay. I'm talking about Max Crosby and oh, yeah, 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 sorry, on sorry. the ends. What's yeah. the, their one weakness is right. yeah, run defense. The run, right, right. When gotcha. we've been watching practice, uh, when when the Raiders go to, to uh, in their base defense with Tanner Muse, they're sliding Tanner Muse, uh, you know, to the to the right side or le- to the right side of Max Crosby or the left side right. of Unique Ngakwe in basically a run support kind of a position. They also feel he can run in pass coverage. He was a former safety at Clemson. But the one also reminder, teams are rarely in base defense. So you're probably these days, right. and, I, and I've talked to some coaches about this, mm-hmm. 30%, if that. Yeah, they're in nickel a lot. And that's where Nick Kwiatkowski will be on the field. Right. Make no mistake, Nick Kwiatkowski has not lost his spot on the Raiders. It's just that the Raiders are going to be very much a matchup type of a defense. So in early downs, especially against run-heavy teams like Seattle, like Baltimore, expect to see Tanner Muse because he brings some grit, you know, some. he's every bit the 6'2", 230 pounds he's listed. Yeah. And I think they believe that he's going to be able to be an asset playing alongside a uh, Max Crosby or a Yannick Ngakwe to help them with the run. Uh, also, is not going to hurt himself in pass coverage. But when it gets to... Um, you know th- those those more of the sub packages, nickel packages, which, which they're in more often than not. You're going to see 44 on the field. There you go, there you go. Good uh, good insight right there for Vinny Bonsignor, who of course will come up in the huddle 4 to 6 p.m. When we come back, I want to hit up the Raider Nation listener line because we have a lot of patient callers uh, want to chime in and give their feedback. 702-365-9200. That's coming up next here. This is unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Give me your best. What's up, Raider Nation? This is uh, Hall of Famer Tim Brown. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. (laughs) What's up, Raider Nation? This is Hall of Famer Tim Brown, and you listen to Raider Nation 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. We were scheduled to have my guy, 
Nico Ali Walsh on the show to talk all things boxing. He has a big boxing event coming up on Saturday. He is the grandson of Muhammad Ali. We got a lot of good calls and got a lot of good feedback coming through right now. So we're going to have to push that interview probably till tomorrow, which is fine. You know, it's still plenty in time for the big event uh, going on on Saturday. So uh, I want to make sure that Raider Nation's voice is heard. So let's go out to the Raider Nation listener line at 702-365-9200. And let's talk to Alan, who's actually here in Vegas. What's on your mind, Alan? Hey, what's happening, Hugh? Uh, first Chilling. off, I'm glad to hear you back on, on 920. Thank you. And being, being at home. Uh, as far as the, the depth chart, uh, in my opinion, it's unexpected week one pre But I really want to see a lot of Tanner Muse and a lot of Nate Hobbs this weekend and, and see if um, they can make a difference for us on defense. Okay. Good stuff right there. Hey, look, those are uh, a couple guys that I'm looking forward to as well. Um, Nate Hobbs for sure, but Tanner Muse has been getting a lot of, of love. Uh, Nate, uh, uh, Vinny just broke it down a little while ago. What what is being seen at practice? What he's seeing at practice, and how the Raiders are using him. If he could turn into a, a real deal player for him, then you'll go back and look at that late third round pick and say, yeah, yeah, he was worth it. It's just there's disappointment right now because he didn't get to play his rookie year, and he's gone. Cool. Thank you uh, for that that call, Alan. We definitely appreciate you. And again, uh, Nate Hobbs, I, I can go. I can go probably an hour talking about what I think he'll bring to the table. He's got to do it on the field, but I think he's got a little something he's working with. Now let's hustle out to Mitch in New Jersey. What's on your mind this afternoon, my man? What's happening, Q? Chilling, man. Chilling. Yeah, you got you got it, Nate. You see some um, summer league too. I like what the clip is I like that draft choices and a guy Jay Scrub. Yeah. What a last. Talk about names. What a last name. <laughs> right. Is he called Scrub? Come on. He, he better. He better at least start. Right. Um. I, I think it's ridiculous. That's too many games. What's next? Eighteen twenty. Maybe they should have double headers, and and you know the the league can make more money on 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 the backs of these football players. I'm just interested in keeping the starters, the ones you think are going to start, keep them to a minimum. Mm-hmm. Let's see what the rookies got. But the defense, the defense line, it's got so many guys. I hate to see any of them cut or hurt. Thanks for taking my call, Kyle. Absolutely, Mitch. Thank you for the call, and I'll say I agree. I agree, uh, especially in, the, in game one. You're not going to see, you're not going to see any starters, and, and if you do, it'll only be for a quick second. I mean, now they only have three games where they're not the Hall of Fame game where they have four, but uh, they only have three. So uh, I, I don't think you'll see them for very long. If you see Derek Carr and you see that starting offensive line and the starting defensive line, you might see them for one one possession. Uh, so I wouldn't take too much as far as that goes. But uh, you know, it, it's it's. It's it's the preseason. You know, you might see them ramped up a little bit more when it comes to uh, the third preseason game, the final one. That's kind of that dress rehearsal one. So as far as as many games as they are in the season, I mean, they just moved it up to 17, which to me, when, when that happened, it told me that there eventually will be 18 games because it'll be an even number. But, you know, the NFL is always finding a way to, to generate interest and generate more money. And that's the reason why they're the machine. That's why anything that they can do, anything that they do will always have interest of people. People always tune in the numbers for uh, people that viewed that, uh, that hall of fame game Thursday night against the Cowboys and Steelers, which was a piss poor game. But the people that viewed it was just stupid numbers. I don't remember the exact number, but they told us when we were at the hall of fame, what the exact number was. And I do believe it was more, what, what series was it? It was, it was some series. I think maybe the NBA Finals. I think it was it, the numbers for that game. People who watched that Hall of Fame game was greater than the people that watched the NBA Finals, and that was a real championship. Vinny, you got something. 
I thought people weren't going to watch football. <laughs> uh, I knew that was BS because of uh, you yeah. know people uh, uh, silently and uh, peacefully protesting, peacefully with dignity protesting. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, you know, I, did you hear that? I I read it on Twitter, which is the cesspool. I, I've I've heard it. I've heard people scream at me and tell me I'm done with the NFL, and then seven million people go out and watch the right. Hall of Fame game. Exactly. So uh, the NFL is king, and always will be. Not watching because of right. They just. The Hall of Fame game had guys like me and Vinny playing in it, and people were watching. That's, that's right, <laughs> and they would. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, you know what? I didn't see you. You, I lost track of you for about three hours uh, that after you left. So maybe you were on the field. I, I mean, you never know, man. You never know. I might have hustled my way onto the field somehow, some way. But yeah, uh, football is alive and well, and it's always going to be alive and well. Doesn't matter if they play seventeen games, eighteen games, or what they play. People are going to tune in and watch it. Uh, let's go back out to the Raider Nation listener line and talk to Raider 27. What's on your mind this afternoon, my man? Hey, you know, everybody boycotted. Vinny's right, man. Everybody boycotted, <laughs> but we decided to quit when the game started playing again. Exactly. So um, I don't want to take credit for this call. This is something that I um, – you want to ask BD about this. He'll have a lot better take on this, a lot more information. But what he said made a lot of sense to me is when you look at how they're managing the linebackers this year with Tanner Hughes or Tanner Muse and Kielkowski and especially uh, bringing in K.J. Wright. So you look at what K.J. Wright does. He has a very specific purpose in that defense. He's, he's the thumper. And when you look at what we have in the slot, it's like, okay, Lawson's going to be gone. We're playing the Ravens. Do you really want Nate Hobbs starting – the first game on Monday Night Football when you got Corey Littleton, who basically is a safety. So why not play Muse and Kiyokowski at linebacker and play a base, but play Littleton as the swing and he can cover the slot. Now, I don't know if Littleton really could do that, but I know that when you – I've gone back and watched a lot of stuff from the Rams – and he could keep up with receivers consistently. Mm-hmm. He was a really good cover linebacker for the Rams, and teams would try to scheme him on a receiver, and he, he would pick him off. I mean, he it just they quit doing it. They literally quit scheming to get Little Littleton on a receiver because he covered him so well. So I wonder if they're thinking we really don't have a slot. And we do have a Littleton whose his best thing he does is coverage. So why don't we groom a couple guys that can be the thumper or the the run linebacker? And when we have to, we'll move Littleton to the slot. So Vinny and, and uh, Q, I'm just wondering what you think about that. Thank you for the call, my man, Raider 27. We appreciate that. And uh, that could be part of the mix, you know. I mean, and look, slot slot corner has been a Achilles heel for the Raiders defense for a very long time. They've done multiple things to try to shore up that spot, and it just hasn't worked. Um, you mentioned Nate Hobbs going up against the Ravens week one. Would, do you want him as a starter? Well, he actually has three weeks to prove that he could be that guy. You know, I mean, who knows? Corey Littleton, like you said, he does have speed. And that was one of the things he was able to do with the Rams, and, and, and Vinny could attest to this more. He, he's, he was able to use his athleticism to be able to minimize what these guys were able to do you know, and, and slide over to that, that slot position or just cover a tight end out of the backfield or running back out of the backfield. That, that's something that he can do. That could be part of the mix. But the one thing I like about Gus Bradley and his defense 
And I know you mentioned KJ Wright. Well, let's not put the cart before the horse because he's not there yet. He just came in for a visit. He's not signed. But Gus Bradley's defense, the linebackers always play a major role, in my opinion, and they always make plays. That's the thing about it. And that's it's one thing. I've always said that tackles and the, the amount of tackles you have are kind of a deceiving stat because you can have a ton of tackles. Who was the who was the linebacker that the Raiders had that ended up going back to the Carolina Panthers and playing for uh, Coach Rule because he played for him in in uh, who who Tariq Whitehead? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. To hear to hear Whitehead, yeah, to hear Whitehead. He had a ton of tackles, but how many times do you see the back of his jersey when he was getting those tackles? You know, you can get a tackle, but if the if the guy is fifteen yards down the field when he gets it, what does that matter? That was a fifteen yard gain, not an impressive tackle. You know what I mean? So uh, it doesn't really matter. It's, it's impactful tackles. Where is that tackle occurring at? Is it in the backfield? Is it at the line of scrimmage? Or are you chasing the guy that, hey, I, I appreciate the effort. I appreciate you not giving up on the play 20 yards down the field, but it's still 20 yards down the field. So that's what the linebacking core, especially in, in Seattle, was able to do. And even in Jacksonville under Gus Bradley, they were able to make impactful tackles and make plays from that, that linebacking position. That's what I'm expecting to see. And if that's Tanner Muse going in there and playing a major role, great. Go get it. If that's Corey Littleton dropping in coverage a lot, great. Make plays. Keep guys in front of you. And Nicholas Morrow has an opportunity after being talked up a lot from Coach Gruden. He's got an opportunity. Obviously, Gus Bradley's probably been in his ear and is like, hey, man, this dude, this dude could go. This dude could go in my system. Richard Smith has been around for many moons. Probably said, hey, this guy can go in my system. Let's get him on the field and really showcase him a little bit. This is his time to shine. Want to talk about a story? That, that would be a hell of a story. And that also gives guys like Javen White an opportunity to say, hell, he was able to do it from a D3 position. I could do it. I could do it as an undrafted free agent and make it in this league. That lets you know that you can do it. So something to look forward to. Uh, you know, I think that linebacking core is going to be a lot better. Let's go back out to the Raider Nation listener line, and I uh, definitely appreciate it. We're going to go back to the yay area. Tim, you're on Unnecessary Roughness. What's on your mind, my man? What's going on, Q? Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Chilling. Hey, man. So looking at the depth chart, it just kind of hit me, man. Looking at this offensive depth chart, I mean, you got John Brown, Willie Sneed, Kenyon Drake as backups. That's freaking crazy to me. If you really think about it, these guys start on other teams. Our backups are looking nice. We got a guy go down. We got any anybody go down really besides offensive line. I mean, you're you're you're, you're pretty square, man. I mean, it, that's good to see. You know, to have that kind of depth. Um, so so that's that me as a fan that makes me feel you know very happy. Even even quarterback. I mean, not God forbid anything happen to Derek Carr or, any, or anybody you know on our offense. But man, that. That looks good. Uh, defense, you know, one thing I could say over the past years is we got speed, finally, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how it's going to play out, but in this kind of league, you need speed. I mean, we were getting guys like, you know, slow linebackers, uh, big, big, beefy linebackers, you know, in the past few years, kind of old school-like, and those guys don't usually do well anymore. It's not it's not just, you know, playing against the run and stacking up those holes. You know, it's you got to be covering those tight ends. And seeing, you know, these guys can run sideline to sideline that and, and a Gus Bradley scheme as you just stated before, that's great. Uh but one thing for me, I really think these this defense should be on the field a lot longer, obviously than the offense during the preseason. I know we don't want guys we don't want guys to get injured, but man, take this time in the preseason to get these guys out there. I don't care if they're going against twos and threes, 
build that confidence, build build that camaraderie and that that consistency. Get those guys out there because this is a whole new defense in reality. Not even just the coach, but the players. We have some consistency. You got to get them on it. You got to get them some playing time. Get them some snaps. So, uh, with that being said, that's all I got to say, man. Excited. Great call, Tim. Great call. Tim representing from the Bay. Definitely appreciate that, my man. I hung out with a bunch of Bay Cats this weekend. A lot of fun, man, catching up, talking about our, our old stomping grounds, at least my old stomping grounds. I thought that was really cool. But, Tim, no, you bring up some great points, man. The defense definitely needs to get some burn against other other teams. And I know that a lot of you know players and, and a lot of fans aren't going to want to see uh, the guys that they expect to be starters out there because of fear of injury, like you said. But I do think that they need to get some burn. And I think that that's something, and as we bring in Vinny Bonsignor, who's coming up here in just a couple minutes from 4 to 6 p.m. in the huddle. He's got some big news about where he's going to be uh, hanging out, and, and hopefully I'm able to join the show with him. But he's got some big, hopefully. big news. I'm just playing. I'll be there. <laughs> but he's got some big things coming up. But I want to let him go ahead and explain that. But um, Vinny, man, that that uh, the Raiders' defense – having the opportunity to go up against the Rams offense in that scrimmage that they're going to have coming up pretty soon. How, how important will that be for them just working, working out the kinks in a training camp type session? Yeah, no question. The Rams have some uh, cagey veterans. Uh, you know, when you have to defend Cooper cup, Robert Woods, uh, Tyler Higby, uh, the backfield, uh, the, the running uh, backs that they have, Matthew Stafford, uh, one of the best uh, NFL quarterbacks uh, out there. And a guy that I think uh, is probably going to show everyone exactly how good he really is. I'm uh, waiting to see it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm waiting to see it, but like, I know he's got the arm talent, and I know he's a damn good quarterback. He just hasn't got it done because of the organization he played for. Kind of like uh, a situation here uh, with, Agreed. with the Raiders. Agreed. Uh, and uh, with, with Derek Carr. Uh, but, but you know, his, his ability and what they have around him certainly is going to help guys. Like Now, it's funny because I talked to – we asked John Gruden. I asked John Gruden about the practice reps that the offensive line is going to get against you know Aaron Donald and you know obviously guys like Henry Ruggs going against Jalen uh, Ramsey and mm-hmm. the, the benefit that is but he looked me right in the eye he did steely-eyed yeah he did and was like you know we got some players too now right you know right. and so we're gonna make life a little bit difficult on them and I like the confidence mm-hmm. um, and he was obviously back in his players and, and rightfully so they believe that they have some talent on this Raiders team and I can't disagree with John Gruden with that. I think looking up and down the depth chart and being out there at practice as we've been, I definitely think I see the talent. It's just got to come together on the field. Exactly. You know, so they got to get that done. Shouldn't that be the easiest part? It it really should be because the players should have confidence in themselves. Right. You know, and if the coaches are going to back them up like the coaching staff is backing them up, then yeah, hell yeah, the the, the players should be able to go out there and execute. So um, what else you got coming up? I know you got a lot uh, for In the Huddle the next couple hours. Excited about listening to the show, but what do you have coming up? Definitely going to talk about um, this, this depth chart, which we got to put it in quotation uh, marks mm-hmm. although i think that this is this is where it's headed right without question so to discount it as nothing uh i think would be a mistake uh i'm also going to talk about the great atmosphere yesterday uh, over at Allegiant stadium and you'll see it saturday night when yeah. it's full throttle uh but uh you know and in talking to the players you know and i wrote about this who was more who had more fun the players or the fans and and the the what the fans mean to players, I don't think we'll ever be taken for granted again after what we had to go through last year. And I, I, I know I, the players felt like that. We're playing in a library and a, in a museum. And right. What did Corey Littleton say? It's not going to be like it, was, like it was a practice. And that's what it kind of felt like felt sometimes like last year. So yeah. talking about yesterday. And, of course, it's game week, Q. Yes. How exciting is this game week? And, you know, I'm glad you mentioned the fans and not taking it for granted. Derek Carr said, hey, we were 2-6 and six last year without you guys here in the, in the stands. We're not going to do that this year. And I saw some people kind of poo-poo on that on Twitter. He's giving the fans props that they need them. 
okay, come on. But it's Twitter. It's Twitter. Stupidity, they, stupidity yeah. reigns. Yeah, you're right. I, we can talk about three games specifically where the where the fans could have had a major impact and probably would have had yep. a major in- impact. So the guy's patting you on the back. Right, and you're still crapping on him. That's what happens. It's how absolutely it what happens. It's but Vinny Bossignor is going to take you in the huddle. He's going to hold it down for the next couple hours. I was not at that practice on Sunday, but he was. So he'll be able to hook you up with all the details and, of course, go over the depth chart and much, much more. It's in the huddle, 4 to 6 p.m. here on Radio Nation Radio 920.